Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer, eat me dickweed. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Motherless Brooklyn by Jonathan Latham? 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 I don't know. Latham. Lethem. And we're starting with this beer, which is... uh, I'm excited to share with you gentlemen. This has been hanging around for a little while in the cellar. This is Finback's BQE, a barrel-aged imperial stout with chocolate and coffee, aged in a tequila barrel. It's only 10% tequila alcohol. Tequila barrel. So BQE is Finback's probably most famous stout. comes out every winter around uh, December. Last year, they made five variations of it. I had them all. This five is variations? What one, are the variations? One was just in the barrel. One was in a barrel with um, salted chocolate or salted caramel. One had chestnut and vanilla. One was aged in a tequila barrel, and one was aged in a mezcal barrel with chilies. Okay, so th- this is the one that's in the just tequila. tequila. Barrel. Yep. Okay, that is uh, quite a delicious stout. That is nice. Yeah, it is not nearly as sweet as their other stouts. I'm so happy it doesn't taste like tequila. It does have a bit of a smell, but it doesn't taste like tequila, which was my nightmare. They just recently put out a mezcal barrel aged stout. That's the only thing worse than tequila barrel. It was, it's pretty good. It was, I saved a bottle for the hospital system to find a reason to drink oh, it. Oh, dear God. No rush. That's a stout that could hang out for a while. So if you don't know what the BQE is, it's the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. It is a... It means you're not from fucking here. It's basically a parking lot that sort of moves slowly. That's how the BQE works. It's like those uh, riding walkways at airports, but for cars. Yeah. So it sucks <laughs> like the Dickens. <laughs> and uh, they mention the BQE many times throughout this book. They so, do. Because they, you know, they're driving around in Brooklyn and shit. So Motherless Brooklyn came out 20 years ago. We were recording this, of course, because in our shameless attempts at stardom, we're trying to cash in on the movie that's coming out starring Edward Norton. and Directed. By yeah. Edward Norton. He, his first his directorial debut. So he's wanted to adapt this book into a movie since it, basically since it came out, apparently. I believe that. He's a big fan of it. And uh, he plays Lionel. Esau. The movie is wildly different. From yeah, the they book. changed the time. I could tell that just from looking at the trailers. It's, so they it's, made, it's it, the they made it in the 50s so they could oh, wear okay. better hats as detectives. That's funny. Okay. Uh, is that so, specifically explicitly what they did? Or no, is that I don't know. That's the take? reason, but I feel like that's the reason. <laughs> you can't wear a long coat and a cool hat as a private detective in the '90s. People will think you're an asshole. Or people a will, when you're trying to like tail somebody, they will know. Oh, is that a private detective what behind fuck, me? What the fuck Why is the fuck Dick Tracy doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to you, no face. Yeah, so it doesn't work. Also, come on to you, dickweed. Just, ba- just based on the cast list I've seen and the characters they play, it has almost nothing to do with the book, besides Tourette's and a uh, private detective. But the uh, the book does have a. I mean, I guess because it's it was published in ninety nine, so that means it was written in like ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, and it takes and a lot of it is flashback or memories. Flashback to the the seventies, seventies. So I guess, a lot of it felt old, but. Old from 2019 is not like even the, the even though the flashbacks to the 70s don't take place in when he's an adult in the 50s in the movie. So yeah, yeah. and uh, the characters are different. Like I, I don't think it's going to be even the same plot. So I mean the the, the 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 impetus of the story is the same, but 
everything after that will be different. So who knows? Well, good choice, us. So what is this book about? Who knows what the movie's about? So it's about a lot of things, but the main character, his name is Lionel Esrog, and he, his main thing about him is, okay, two things. First, he's an orphan, and second, he Fuck has... Me. <laughs> second, he has Tourette's. That is, what, that, that is his thing. He's in, he is thought of as, for several reasons, he's thought of as a misfit. You they, know, they because call him Freak Show. They call him Freak Show, because Tourette's was not really a commonly known thing. No, until the internet age. I think it, it's been diagnosed a, at least a hundred years ago. It was named. I mean, but like average people would just be like, "What the fuck is wrong with that guy?" Yeah, you're you're just being a pain in the ass. You're yeah, being difficult. It, it it existed and it had a name. Certainly, like the name, like he learns the name of this disease as a child in the book, in a book he reads. Well, when but when average Frank people Minna, don't, yeah. Their mentor guy who yeah, gives him a lot about like, this is gives you. him a book. Oh, it's like I found this book you. for you. Yeah, but like average people are like don't know what the fuck that could possibly be. They just think he's an asshole or or some kind of psychopath. Yeah, he's just crazy. Yeah, they, they don't. Yeah, where is the in real? And also for us today, everyone's view of Tourette's is that thing where you yell out curse words, which yeah, we for us totally it's, did. It's it's <laughs> large. It's largely comedic to us. But it's, I actually know someone with Tourette's Syndrome, and it's, it's more like, I mean, it, the book describes parts of it really well, like it's having tics, or what they call them, and they're just impulses you really cannot control. It's like, um, have, you, have you guys heard of that Netflix uh, show, Atypical? Nope. Or it's like, it's, it's a show about uh, a kid with autism, and the criticisms of the show are largely based around like, He's got every symptom of autism as opposed to just like he's got these ones and these ones and these ones. He's like like the it, it's like a perfect it's it's like an unrealistic version of it where he has everything that could possibly be wrong is wrong. And that's what this book is. Is he doesn't have just like Tourette's. He's got like every possible thing you could have with Tourette's, he has got. And he says it in the book, it's like I've got like the like a constellation of Tourette's, I have everything. And it's like a it's an unreasonable, unrealistic idea for most of people in yeah. the real world. For most real world people who have Tourette's, they will show some of those symptoms. They'll, they'll have only some of them. Things they'll, they'll be, you know, it's it's a it's you know, you think it's funny when you're a kid, but then you like see people with it, or you I saw a documentary about it, and it's a fucked up, horrifically <laughs> debilitating. It's it makes you really struggle like socially. You can't at the very least. go into public places. People think you're an asshole. What looks like compulsive behaviors, or what, what we would probably he's got like he's got like OCD and Tourette's. Where like you have to touch certain things, or you have to do certain things. Like you kind of like, oh, I want to touch that. I want I, I need to I need to touch you on your shoulder or whatever. The way it's described in this book is that Tourette seems to be a almost a variation of OCD, where you just have these things that you you have these compulsions that you can't control. And, and for him, it's saying these some of these things. He just has to say them, but then he also has to like tap people three times on one shoulder and three times on the other shoulder, and uh, just as a yeah, so like a person in real life OCD would have kind of thing, you know, symptoms A, B, and C, or A, B, or C. He's got A, B, C, and D. Well, the one that's also very real is that you see is echolalia, where you repeat things that you hear. Yeah, and that is a thing that they. 
Dude. But that's also actually an aut- a thing on the autism spectrum too. You'll see, yeah, or people just hear a thing and they just repeat it and kind of chant it almost. So he has all these things. Now I, I'm no fucking. None of us are experts to know how accurately they are depicting, um, or Lethem is depicting Tourette's. This is what I have read about this book. That it's on. It's not. It's not real. Uh, it's just. It's just like a hyper real. He's got too many symptoms. He's got. Yeah. If if these are the symptoms that you could possibly have, he has every single one to the max. And it's not. It's not it. just like a. Ooh, you know, I've got this. It's just like I have everything all the time. I get it, and and that may be may very well be unrealistic. Yeah, but I mean, it's a book, so you know, you're willing to let it slide. The, 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 especially the reason why I'm willing to let it slide is that he is the protagonist, and it at points it is meant to be the butt of a joke, like, but more like it's he says something that breaks tension in a way, or he says something that is funny. But it's. I never got the sense that it was making fun of him. No, it's not a making fun of thing. It's just. A, it's. It's just a, an extreme view of it, for the sake of the story, which well, makes a, sense. Which yeah, is fine. I have nothing happens. wrong with it. Yeah. But if that's someone fair. was to say like, "This is what Tourette's is," it's. It's not really what Tourette's is. No, it's often more just like weird, kind of like hiccupy. It's more subtle. Bark noises, it's like a you twitch, may. or like a. I saw one kid who just had to yell out names of metal. Like, Aluminum. Yeah. Copper, you know, shit like that. It was like, <laughs> it was fucking that's bizarre. Very strange. Weirdly specific. But like this, this guy in this book has, he's basically the amalgamation of all symptoms of Tourette's in one person. All Fine. right. So let's talk about what some happens. of the things that happened. You know what? Actually, before we do that, let's have a beer. Let's talk about one of these beers. Any particular one? The so one that's I don't know what they are. So any of the ones with Brooklyn in it. Isn't this about Skadoosh? Yeah. Isn't that about, uh, isn't that about, it's about Tenacious D? But is this a reference to Tourette's? Is that what this was? It's a Tenacious D reference. What does it have to do with the book, though? He says weird words. I don't know. I didn't say that. I, I, I didn't I, pick that one. I didn't I, put it on there. I didn't, I didn't put, put it on there. Oh, you know what? Well, here it is. I didn't put that on there. I, maybe I did. I was drunk. Um, it sounds like a sound he would make. I mean, it absolutely is. I, that's why. That's what I figured it would be. So this is Skadoosh from The Alchemist. This is Skadoosh number like 34 or 35. I don't know. This is an ale, 7% by volume. American India Pale Ale. Not American Indian Pale Ale different things so this is a ipa that alchemist makes where they change the hop bill i don't you you can look it up and they'll tell you which one you have it's just a good ipa you know it's a very hoppy ipa but of the old school yeah west coast good lord it's nice i like it yeah so skadoosh is uh definitely one of the weird kind of sounds he makes because he his his particular so he he grows up in a in an orphanage. Was it Saint Vincent's? Is what it's called. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he is clearly very smart and intelligent, and he reads a lot. Partially because the library is a place to hide from the other kids who think he's a weirdo. Yeah, because he can't talk to people, and he has a tremendous. And he can't not like touch them, like touch their face or touch their shoulders. And it's in a bo- it's an all boys orphanage. Yeah, in so, the like, 1971. So if you like, Brooklyn. touch a boy's face in the 70s orphanage, people are going to beat the shit out of you for being gay. There's, he goes to the phase where he kisses everybody? Yes. It's a game. It's a game. It's a g- game. Game. Lame. Tame. Punked. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he is super smart and has this crazy vocabulary. And whenever he hears a word uh, a certain time... He can sometimes... He will fixate on that word. And keep... 
kind of mutating it and finding words that kind of sound like it or rhyme with it or, you know, warp, like swap around the letters, like make like a spoonerism out of it or something like that. So it's a... Is that like John Jacob Jigglehammer Smith? Spoonerism is when you swap the first letters of two words to make like a goofy sentence like, it is customary, uh, it is kistomary to cuss the bride. That's a spoonerism. Uh, the the story of Lionel growing up in the uh, orphanage and the whole story of him is it's a is weirdly important. long chapter too. But it is not it the great. first thing that happens chapter. in the book. I will say that the first chapter where they're in the car on a stakeout where you determine their private eyes or something like they're that. They're watching him. They're watching. Watching your every move. Eating all those White Castle burgers at the White Castle at 103rd. <laughs> I have eaten at that White Castle. And since I read that, I was like, I need to eat White Castle very soon. And I had it some several days later. I was like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> Even the microwave ones, they're just as good because they're the same thing. <laughs> no, they're not. They oh. don't have that unwashed oh, no, no. off grease. No, no, no. You, you, from you, decades. You only, open one, oh. you only open one corner of the bag, so the bag makes them wet. So they're you, just the same. Everybody, everybody likes soggy buns. Yeah, that's why you go to White Castle. If you want real food, you go somewhere else. So they're on a stakeout. Very eating first White scene, Castle burgers, which I agree that was very first in. scene. Like introducing both the main character and like one of the other one of the other side characters. They're on a stakeout. You don't really know why, except you do know that the person that they're listening to, his name is Frank Frank Minna. He's wearing a wire, and so they're like listening. So Lionel is listening in. He's in the passenger seat. He's listening in to what's happening, and there's like clearly an argument going on. And then he like, and then the guy that they're like listening to gets like muscled out of the building and into another car. It's like, oh, follow that car by the tallest man in the world. By the by the it's Manute Bowl. most by White the Manute biggest Bowl. person Chuck Nevitz. He happens, happens to be Polish also. So the biggest Polish person, Polish person ever, ever born. Yeah. Anyway, so, and then, so like, oh, I, I follow that car. And then you hear a little bit of stuff from like the, over the yeah, wire, over the, like over the radio. Like, oh, we're going to oh. get some pierogies. Oh, huh? wait, oh. we're, we're going to Brooklyn. Oh, fucking go to the Brooklyn Bridge. Right over there. Get over there. There was it a was lot of Brooklyn stuff Bridge, in this book it where it's like, if you weren't from New York or had lived here a long time, you wouldn't really get it. Yeah. When no, he gets no. in the Red Hook, he's like, pierogi. <laughs> like, I know where we're he's going. He's like trying to give him some hints because he knows that people are listening, that the people are wearing wire and then they go and they find look they couldn't they like lose track of the car just like try and find him and they like go around the corner and then they find just the wire on the ground it's like oh shit the people found him and then they go around to another corner and they literally find their guy that they're that they're that they're following frank, frank. they find him in a dumpster bleeding it bleeding to death so they put him in the back of the car and they drive to the hospital Hospital. They get him to the hospital. They get him in. Oh, and they. Oh, we're going to give him emergency surgery. And then later, the doctor comes out. He says, "I'm sorry, he's dead." And there was nothing we could do. At this there was point. nothing we could do. And they asked him. What well, asked Frank when he was in the dying in the back seat? Who did this? Who was it? And he didn't answer. Yep. So they. So it becomes. Guys, I need to set up <clears throat> the rest of the book. So first of all, <laughs> I need their. Uh, this is my MacGuffin. Guys. <laughs> He says, I, something. He, says, um, what, he says a name. 
He he makes some sort of like vague allusion. He says a very vague thing, but nobody knows what he's talking about. He's a fuck he's talking to fucking riddles. It's like, who is this? And he says, Wouldn't you fucking like to know? And what like, has three legs at the end of his life? Like, shut the fuck up, Frank. Who stabbed him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't say <laughs> Take an onion, take a knife and cut my head. <laughs> anyway, and so uh immediately, you know, the main character, he's like, Well, I need to find out what happened to him. You know, who did this? What Eat happened? Me. So, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's it. Well, it's the he thing. Does, his, he his, says, "Eat me constantly." His, yeah. uh, his obsessive dickweed. His obsessive thing, uh, tendency, whatever you want to call it, is going to take over here. Yeah, that he has to figure this out because also Frank is like a father figure because they will all grew up in this so orphanage. Then starting with chapter two and chapter three and chapter four, it talks about his history, both as, as Lionel as a as a child and this man named Frank. And so we'll just talk about some about it, some about it now because it was really really important. Though and, we're going to talk did, about where did they what's grow even up? more important is to talk about a beer and and the place they grow up is Court Street, Brooklyn, which I'd say is. Kind of Brooklyn, wouldn't you? Did you say it's kind of Brooklyn? Court Street. It's kind of Brooklyn, right? Oh, that's a fucking name. Yeah, okay. This is Kind of Brooklyn by Finback. Double Dry Hop, Double IPA, uh, which is Dry Hop with Citra and Nelson coming in at 8% alcohol. It's the biggest name they've had written on the can I've ever seen. Yeah, I think, well, I think this is because they are prepping to open up their Brooklyn location soon. Oh, oh thank God. Oh, you want because the one in Queens takes me forever to get there. It takes us forever, and we're already in Queens. I I usually drive there. Oh, the the one in adult. This is a DDH Deepa dry hopped with Citra and Nelson. It is twenty two percent, eight percent, eight percent. I read it. I was close. I don't remember. This is another. This is a beer. I was there recently. Thought we were fully stocked for today because we're we're more than stocked for this episode and it's a kind of broken i was like well, that's fucking perfect i have to have that and it's a good beer it victimless crime it's it a very good, good beer this i like this delicious. very much this makes me i, I like this a lot more than the, that alchemist one because i'm just not into that kind of ipa anymore i just don't trust alchemists first of all <laughs> <laughs> We've determined. how do we know that wasn't a base metal originally yeah <laughs> you can't make that shit into gold son no, I agree with you, Nate. I think uh, my I, five or six years ago, I would, have, I, changed, I would yeah. have loved that Alchemist beer, and, and I still than, like it. Even more than five or six, probably. I don't know, like the or New even England sooner thing. than five or six, two or three. Yeah, probably three years ago, I would have been like that. Alchemist is the tits, mm. but I have I I, I, I like a sweeter beer. I like a. I guess I started. I guess yeah, you're probably right because I started having all these weird non bitter IPAs here with y'all. And that's only been three years. We're the pushers. So there's a long, there's a long chapter or oh, the whole two backstory, about yeah. like them as kids, and it was, it's interesting, but it's probably four times too long. I actually well, really enjoyed it. I don't know. So okay, Lionel is grows up in 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 this uh, orphanage, the orphanage, and he and the other kids in the orphanage, they're obviously kind of oh. misfits. They're all like orphans, and they're so because they're all orphans, they get really like mentored and taken in by this man in the neighborhood. His name is Frank Minna. And first he's just like, I need some, some people to help me move furniture. It is basically like he gets them and like, Oh, I'm going to help him. And then they move boxes, boxes into a, into a warehouse 
and quickly and don't talk about it. And don't and talk said, about it. What did he, we do? We moved stuff. That's right. We're a moving company. Yeah. And he like hands them all a $20 bill. And, and the Miller. kids. And a Miller. And the kids love it. Like they. I mean, for one thing. They don't like have a family, so that is like part of it. They kind of like bond with this this man as like a father figure, like absolutely. And then also they have like a job they which you know in the thing to do. And then eventually, so and then Frank like disappears for a little while, but then he comes back and he says, "I am starting a uh, private investigate. I'm, I'm starting a uh, private investigation service." But we're actually going to bar storefront. It's going to be a car service. And you guys are my guys. We're going to get you all both driver's licenses and you're going to be like limo driver, taxi driver licenses. But we never, ever fucking drive someone. No, no cars, cars available. available. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, so, and, and so all of these kids, like Lionel and the other probably like four people? Three, like three, three, four, three, four three, Super Guido kid, big Tony. dumb kid, and the half black kid. Or slightly black kid. They never really said. But he was very good at basketball, and he was tall. And he tall. liked ethnic music, but he, also really liked white music. He got into something. He got really lame. into Pink Floyd. Yeah, it was like around the black kids, he would like, you know, be outwardly like jamming. But but when he listened to Pink Floyd, he got really introspective. He was like, hmm, looking really into it, but quietly. Uh, there's a one point where they mentioned that we were listening to Rapper's Delight, which is on every 15 to 20 minutes. Which that song's true. 15 minutes long. Yeah. It was just in constant loop. I mean, of there was, Delight. at that time, there was only one rap song. Yeah. That's that the, was it. <laughs> it was like, and we're going to take a break and then let's do it again. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we, there was one, I think, kind of important passage. Uh, where they steal all the equipment from a shitty 80s right. metal so band. Right, so one of the things that, that does happen is that they're asked to like just move some furniture out of the back of a truck, and it's all of these guitars Amps and amplifiers and, and, and like pedal guitar, clearly guitar pedals. And even on the side of the like cases is the name of a band that they even recognize. And they're moving it all into this random warehouse or something like that. It's like a brownstone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in a brownstone somewhere. And I'm like, oh. And it's like definitely, they don't say it. They more or less say it straight out that, oh, this is stolen goods. Oh, yeah. These are stolen goods that we're we're moving right now. And then they meet. They meet two old, clearly (laughs) like mafiosos. Yeah. I pictured them as the guys from The Muppet Show. Basically. But, but like Italian. But like greasy. <laughs> Statler and Waldorf? Yeah, like this Statlerani is and Waldorfini. Like, like I just figured they, they would shit talk things, but with a bibbity bobbity accent. Basically, yeah. Get off of the stage. And their <laughs> names were like Montefiore. Matricardi uh, and Ponzi. Something which Fonzi. In, yeah. For some reason in my mind, I always just called them Bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> I don't know why. Those are the two names that like yeah, all okay just with, go together. I don't care with I was that. Like, yeah. just Bebop I like that. I like that more. And then it's there's a lot of there are a lot of scenes here, and because I've watched a lot of mafia movies where they're doing that thing where nobody ever says what they mean, and everyone's always like, "Let me feel out if you're gonna if you're gonna kiss the ring the right way," and they're like. Hey boys, they're coming here. Yeah, he did a good a job. You wanna feel like a music? And they're like, I don't know what to say. And Mina's like, Hey, he's like pulling out his collar, he's sweating, like just 
just do the right thing, guy. You say hello, pay your respects. Like, I guess. How many cannoli can you eat? <laughs> Be a good boy. Hey, is it good? And they, like pinch a cheek. It, was, it felt very much like a scene from very many every Guido mob movie. movies. You know, like they're the old maid guys. You just sit in chairs. Yeah, he's like, this room is drinking like drinking a cup of prosecco. <laughs> And a coffee mug? Coffee mug of yeah. Prosecco? That's it says, world's best godfather. <laughs> <laughs> I got to let the bubble settle, Giuseppe. It bothers my throat. You know that. What was it? Oh, Ming. Ming. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, have you rewatched the movie yet? No, I you gotta, haven't. It's like a year ago now. I you know. I know. I'll, I'll fucking watch it. One day, it's Maybe. a cl- it's Probably a great never. film. I know. I'm, it's, it, at this point in my life, it's just out of spite. Oh Jesus! We're talking about the Godfather. Spite, we'll is, a, Godfather spite is a powerful thing. You know what else is probably a powerful thing? I think this would be a good choice because I read the whole book. So it's called Shepherd in a Sheepskin. It is by McKellar NYC in collaboration with Resident Culture. It's a New England style Imperial Pale Ale at nine and a half percent alcohol. So this fits because, you know, Frank gets them to do all these jobs as kids, uh, and basically they unwittingly end up working for the mob. And you, don't, you don't find that out till the end. Yeah, and also like when they're adults but it's working, clearly what they've been working doing. as. I mean, yeah. and they kind well, no, no, they no, no. Know. even even later, it's it's a little bit okay. It's a little bit unclear. So for somewhere in like the mid eighties, the early eighties, mid eighties, because the kids are in high school. The one time he says that the year 1979 and that's when the kids are still in high school or something like that and anyway how about the beer oh i think it's pretty solid ipa what's it called again shepherd in a sheepskin shepherd in a sheepskin okay i dig it at this point breweries must just be pulling names out of hats you know like the manatees that make south park episodes uh Family Guy episodes in South Park. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also what fucking beer names have become. There's oh, like, yeah. uh, here's a bunch of words. Series of words. Much to together. our benefit. Absolutely. We are the, aside from the breweries who are also selling their beer, we are, we are, we are, uh, I know. Parasitic profit. To say, prof- to say we're profiting off of them is technically not true because <laughs> there's no profit involved here. But yet, because we're buying their <laughs> beer from them. We are them. wildly behind. Yes. Yeah, we, we have a quite a hole to get out of. So Frank Minna is a shepherd in sheepskin because he's giving these kids work. But, you know, it's clear from when they're kids that he's working for the mob. And also, later on it's revealed, as adults, they're private eyes, but mostly for the mob. Because yeah. they're all fucking stupid. Well, they're, they're well, unworldly like, and uneducated. Yeah, he's it's not their like, fault. and so they're unworldly and, and uneducated, and don't have a family. So he becomes he their family. Them. He so okay. One he's of my a question, terrible person. One of my questions for later is: Is he exploiting them or is he helping them? And I think there's it's a little bit of both. But anyway, I mean, he gave them real jobs. He says, <laughs> he says, like, okay, you guys are my guys. I'm starting my detective agency. And I'm gonna pay each of you. Know, pay each of you. I'm uh, pay each of you. Or I'm gonna get you your taxi licenses and stuff like that. And we're gonna go do this thing. And they literally drop out of high school to do this weeks for before him. graduation. Yeah, like they the, half they, of them were only gonna graduate, but still. Yeah, yeah, they're going they're, they're to. Were, they weren't gonna use that GED. And uh, 
And at some point, I think soon after, before or after he starts his thing, he literally has taken all of these, all of these like, you know, lonely boys to Christmas dinner at his mother's house. Who, the old woman made of leather and she tomato sauce? She makes the spiciest makes these, to meet the balls. makes these delicious Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> Her fingers are always stuck together. She has a real lady fingers. You ever see lady fingers? You know those cookies? Yeah. They're so they clearly was made it. They're, they're clearly Italian lady fingers because they're, they're like stuck. the thickness of a big toe, <laughs> and, you, and you can't separate them. <laughs> but so anyway, and this is the point where like Frank, he's taken all of these basically kids like to Christmas dinner with his mother, so they can like have this like family thing. And Frank's brother shows up, and and Frank says, "You, I got all of motherless Brooklyn over here." Over, I'm not. Yeah. I can't even do the accent because no, you did. You got. It. I, you I only. Well. I only live here. You got it. Not from you here. Got it. You, uh, I think if you you got to move your hands a little bit. More. <laughs> you got to move a, a lot more. Brooklyn over here, and or or if you don't want to move your hands, I'm doing it. If you cannot see because you can't. Um, <laughs> Just strictly like audio medium. The 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 old paisano pinching your hands, shaking it by your head. If you can't do that. Like you're take holding two one, small things. Take one hand and grab your crotch while you do it. Go, there's a possessed motherless Brooklyn over here. And you'll sound like Barbarino from Welcome Back Cotter, which is also referenced in the book. Welcome Back Cotter? That show from the 70s? They mentioned that as a, throw, a throwaway line. It's like, you guys look like rejects from Welcome Back Cotter. Like that, he's calling them sweat hogs, yeah. which is the ultimate insult. Which they insult. were. The ultimate insult. Sweat hogs? You know how to watch. You, you had to be there, dude. 47 years ago yeah, watching this shitty there. sitcom. It, it was the term... Nate, the, how was it? It was this... <laughs> well, I was already a grown-up at that point. No, uh, you were allowed to watch TV my at night. Station. <laughs> it was, was on one of the two channels. I was already in my 30s at that time. <laughs> the Sweat Hogs were the losers at the school that Mr. Cotter well, Not just losers, about. but also like working class. So he takes them to Christmas dinner, and then the brother... Gerard. Who is like cold... And hostile. Nate, can you try to say Motherless Brooklyn with the hands? This no, I'm not. It's like Frank is like a hot pastrami, <laughs> and Gerard is it's like, like a cold old, calzone. Oh, you know? so cold. Day old. Ling. Left on the counter overnight. <laughs> Disgusting. Fucking chilly. With a little bit of Fremunda on it. <laughs> oh. That's pretty, that's pretty far out there. What you doing, Svachim? You got to get that out of here. It's disgusting. What's a Svachim? Svachim is like shithead. Okay. I don't know exactly what it means. I only know because all the old guidos that I grew up with would say that. Yeah, so Frank's brother is like cold. He's a dick. And I guess he, and he's just a dick about it. About but he'd spend some there. time away. Upstate. Upstate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which to people not from New York means in jail. It yeah. never means anything else. Like, I'm from a state, like, oh, you went to jail? You went to Lake George? <laughs> There's a scene in the, the thing, like, Minna disappears for a while. He goes upstate. He goes upstate. But it wasn't clear that he was going to jail. He went to jail. He went to jail or he was on the run. Yeah, I think he was on the run because they're like, we got to go. You're not in that position when you're going yeah, they, to jail. They, I mean, they never really said what it was, but it was one or the other. So anyway, that's like a weird thing. Like the brother yeah, he's was only, being, he's alluded to being weird. He's, he's in there for a minute. The the, the 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 main character Lionel doesn't see the brother all that often, but that was that was the first time he'd ever it's a seen weird him. Thing and the only time until later in the book. Yeah, until Minna disappears. Uh, until Minna gets fucking gutted. Yeah, that too. 
like a Thanksgiving paisan. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> you have those for Thanksgiving? I don't fucking you, know. You I would... eat peasants? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not pheasant. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then it like flashes forward to like the present day of the book where Lionel is trying well, and the other boys are or who are now adults because it's 10 years later are are you know trying to you know they're in shock and trying to figure out going like, to use is their it, is it, is it like 20 detective skills oh so it's by this point they're in like it, the 90s it's like the early 90s yeah okay 10 15 ish years yeah. okay cool yeah so i so i wanted uh, my guess so he, he does mention at one point oh and mariah carey was on the radio he likes you know, Prince. Like, I know that. Yeah, he, he likes does Prince. like Prince. And he, he's he he he. Uh, Though everyone else calls it uh, Danny's music because that was like the black kid or whatever his name was. And like, there's the thing because because he has changed his name to the artist formerly known as Prince, yeah, and he like tries to like pronounce it emote or like not yeah, emote, he, oh, but he's like skufkaza. <laughs> but he like <laughs> because because his OCD makes him try and pronounce the symbol. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Kind of wasn't sure if we were okay to laugh at that, but I thought it was no, really that's probably okay. Yeah, one of those, th- which is one of the things that I thought of as I was reading. Like it was his like Tourette's sort of like outburst things. They were funny, and because the, they happened at funny times, and of course, and so I really kind of laughed at them, and but I also like kind of felt a little bit bad because like oh you know. Oh, him, I'm laughing at a person who's, you know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like you're laughing at someone who's like, oh, I can't get up the stairs in my chair. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, it's like this, it's like the kind of thing that you, if you saw someone on the street doing that, if you laughed at them, you would be a total fucking asshole. Yeah. But because it's a, first it's a book and it's, it's fiction kind of and it's a story and it's like, Put deliberately in funny places, it was funny. Yeah. So sure. I think I don't feel too bad about laughing about it because I think it was supposed to be funny. I will say, from reading this book, I have a newfound, as, as embellished as it may be, I have a newfound empathy for people with Tourette syndrome. And at the same time, I found the parts really funny. It was, it was, it funny. was purposeful. He's like he little put- outbursts at, at some times in the middle of very tense situations were just funny. It's comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly what it serves. And like trying yeah. to pronounce the symbol of the artist formerly known as Prince, whatever that symbol. Yeah, that's trying to pronounce that. by the homicide cop. Yeah. <laughs> While <laughs> he's being <laughs> grilled <laughs> by a homicide cop, he he can't stop himself from trying to pronounce. Also, this there's a, the weird thing was like thing. he rarely or doesn't really go into just like he never says like I have Tourette's. He mentions it plenty of times. Occasionally, but not that many. Like with the cop, he's like, right, this is just oh, what I do. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah, like, he doesn't tell people. He tells the he tells the reader. Oh, no, he tells the reader, yes. But like people he's talking to, they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, no, it's just me. He was like, just tell them you have Tourette's, dude. Even if you don't, even if they don't know what it is, just like, it's a disorder. And people are like, oh, okay. I mean, if they don't get it, they kind of get it. And then it's just, he, he just keeps kind of going on like, oh, fuck, eat me. Ah, black cop, you know, and just like, what the fuck do you say to me? Nothing, nothing, black cop. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the the character they call the garbage cop. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the greatest insult. I imagine him as like title ever. <laughs> that guy in uh, who plays the uh, fat consigliere in every mob movie, Jelly from Jelly, uh, Jelly. Yeah, I, I think that guy's dead now, but yeah, uh, Jelly but from. He would, uh, it, would be, it would definitely be Jelly. 
Let me tell you, it's a problem here. I think was he in The Godfather too? I don't know if he was. He had to have been. He might you have can't been. Can't make a movie without that guy. He might not have had all those acne he looks like a scars on his face yet. Melting Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> <laughs> that had eaten another Ernest Borgnine. He looked like if a blobfish fucked Ernest Borgnine. I hope. It, I hope. You know what? I hope is. I hope he's like not even fucking Italian. It's like. You know, Saul Winklebaum. Exactly. In Hollywood, they <laughs> Saul Winklebaum is a really funny name. They they often com- isn't that Slash's name? Is that really what his name is? His name is like Saul. If it's Saul Winklebaum, I can never listen. Slash's to Slash's name is like it's like Saul. I can never listen like to Guns N' Roses again. Oh my god. His name is Saul Hudson, which is not okay. much better, but it is much better. Still better. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Jelly is played by Joseph Vitarelli. Okay, so he's a real person. That's pretty Italian. So it jumps back into the case. I'm glad we analyzed Frank that. Case. Frank's been stabbed. He's dead. He got a bad case of like not having any blood, and now he's dead. <laughs> and so and the, then, the book actually starts. The plot But begins. now we're like 40% into the book. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, the plot is, who killed Frank? Well, I mean, the plot starts like 10% of who killed Frank, but then it's who the fuck was Frank to begin with, you know? And, yeah. yeah, and they're all stories. So anyway, uh, Lionel goes back to the place, near the place where Frank had gone into where he got stabbed, which was a Buddhist Zen a Z- studio. A, a Zen monastery of sorts. Yes. In in. When ha- Manhattan. It's so, in, it's in like, Brooklyn. Yeah, in, no, in Brooklyn. Is it in Brooklyn? I thought it was in Manhattan. So oh yeah, no, York it's Hill? up. By, it's up by the White Castle. Yeah. So yeah, it's in Manhattan, Upper it's East Side. It's in Manhattan, and so they're they're over Spanish there. Harlem area. And so he kind of like goes in and like talks. It like hits on the secretary girl. The the girl who's sweeping the floors. Yeah. Who is it? So a, I guess she's not a secretary or a receptionist. No, it's the, she's you know, she, like, she's a uh, a worker in the Zendo. Initiate. Yeah, in the yeah. Zendo. So you know, sweeping is part of the process. There's a lot there's like a, a lot of weird references to Zen throughout the whole yeah. thing. And Japan that will probably not be in the movie. And stuff like that. Because they didn't allow Japanese people to live in America in the fifties. Yes, we did. We let them out of their cages. Yeah. After was it Korea? We weren't allowed to set up other buildings States? though. No. The, the Korematsu That's lost. A, the Supreme Court upheld the internment of Japanese Americans in Korematsu. Oh, uh, what's the other one where they, they got it was a the million, ni- it was bajillion the 19, dollars? It was in the 1990s oh. that basically, during the Clinton administration, that that was more or less reversed or more or less... Well, we paid them off. We had yeah. to give money. Like, all right, here you go. But, but we're paying you Most of them were dead because it was 50 years later. Whoopsies. Yeah. So that part will not be in the movie. But also, the movie takes place in... I don't know why the 50s, they changed the so. time of the movie. And never mind. It's like, wear cooler hats. You're right. Yeah, we had established. You're right. That's it. You're right. I'm, you can't I'm, have a I'm private sure. detective movie not set in the 50s. So you can't say dame every two words. Eat me, dame. <laughs> <laughs> and eat this beer. Eat the beer. I have no, honestly no idea what this refers to. What is it? No MSG IPA. I don't know. Okay, well, th- this is for definitely much later. Uh, I thought but it was all right. Well, I just when they the eat Japanese food, not Chinese food, <laughs> Japanese food. Well, they're at but the, they're at the Zendo already, so already Japanese stuff is a big part of it. Yeah, but Japanese food doesn't have MSG in it. That's Chinese food. Yeah, yeah no, but you know, and Japanese food's not as good as Chinese food. <laughs> this is a eleven percent. Oh fuck me! Double dye hopped triple India Pale Ale hops. 
Nelsa, Citra, Galaxy. Drink fresh, stir cold, eat ass. <laughs> it doesn't say that part. <laughs> I think it's a collaboration with Monkish. Monkish. Monk-ish. Which, you know, Zendo. There you Zen, go. Monk-ish. Because they're all white. And they're I, not I'm real. getting the impression we could just pick six random beers and we. That should be a challenge. <laughs> six, it's all Kevin Bacon rules? Yeah, like we could find a way. We are that. It's like the so Chappelle instead special. Of, instead of planning the beers ahead of time, we literally just take six beers off the shelf and go, like, all right, these are the six beers for this episode. I think that should be a challenge we set for ourselves. Justification, one day. baby. Ooh, okay. Triple IPA, gentlemen, what do you think? It's very nice. It's very nice. This is a strong beer. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, this is 11%. Yeah, this thing will... Uh, I drank the other three. I lived. So he's checking okay, out this chick. We have kind of the, a lot more of the He's checking out this chick go. in the Zendo, right. and, you know, he kind of just... He kind of stumbles his way through discovering all the and, clues. And she's totally like a weird nerd girl. Yeah, they're both... But like, kind equal, of into They're him. both equally bad at talking. Like, he's unable to converse with the person normally... And she's so awkward that it kind of works for both of them. Yeah. And in doing this odd conversation, they agree to, like, you know, feel each other's genitals later. And also, he gets clues for more plot. Yep. What was the plot? And then, like, so there, there's a, we skipped the thing where on the night Frank died that he went to visit Frank's wife. He went to tell Frank's wife, but she already knew he was dead. And Someone called her. Bouncing out of yeah. town. And then she's already, she already banged she's everybody in New York. Boston. And then she's like very strange. Yeah. So he like finds more clues and then he like sleeps with the weird he nerdy bangs girl. the weird girl. And but, then he takes her keys. No, but this is also where you find out that not only because, you know, he's like the freak he, show. He goes back to the he goes back to the monas the Zendo before they bang. And, and he sees there. the creepy tall guy. And then there's the Buddhist dude. We'll come back later. The, uh, and then the huge, freaky, large Polish guy is there. He's like, that's It's the hard guy. to miss the tallest man you've ever seen. Yeah. That's the guy that killed Frank, and he's there at the Buddhist place. But he also sees that the, the Zen master, the Roshi, is Frank's brother. Which is the problem with detective stories. There are seven characters, and they all have to be in it. They mentioned that in the yeah, book at some there, point. There are some funny things in the... That was the best part I thought of this book, which was like, there are detective stories, and the rules are you have to do this and this and this. And like when some other guy dies off screen, like... Ullman. Isn't it great that this guy died off screen after you get to know him? It doesn't mean anything for the plot. Cool. Yeah, that was really... <laughs> very like break the fourth wall kind of Yeah, thing. so that, that part was funny. That's with the garbage cop scene that happens. Yeah. Like uh, one of the other boys gets busted for killing that guy but he didn't really do it but you know he didn't do it but it doesn't matter because they're like all tertiary characters but it kind of boils down to he gets abducted by the tall man and then the tall guy just leaves him in a basement but he just walks away which is not a great bad guy plot doesn't make any sense to me and he walks out and goes to bang the lady yeah and then he's he finds her keys and he breaks into the zendo with her keys and he finds some Informations. Well, not only was so one other thing that it was like kind of funny is that not only is uh, Lionel not only because he's thought of you know he's the freak show he has Tourette's but he also has a very crooked penis. He does have a weirdly crooked penis. It's yes. like with like I don't hate. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a T square. And it was also you know 
Because uh, he's the freak show. And that's like, oh, well, he's also... Might as well Also very weird. Why well, stop strange. here? It's all about angles. And anyway, so he steals the girl's keys because she has a key to the, the Zen Buddhist place. Goes in, unlocks the door, and talks to Frank's brother. And Frank's brother says... I don't know, what was it? He, Something he, does, like, he does a bunch of big reveals. Yeah. Where it's like, ah, oh, Frank was stealing from this Japanese multi... National like, corporation was, that uses the Zendo as slave labor for their huge real estate properties, but he was skimming like he used to. And oh my God. And I was like, okay. It was definitely strange. And then uh, Lionel realizes that he has to go to the Buddhist retreat, that he has to go find the other place that they are all come from, which is the Buddhist retreat in Maine. He's got to drive to Maine real quick. Oh, one of the jokes. Minna tells when he's, or he asks Lionel to tell him a joke when he's dying. Oh, they're all about yeah, jokes. Yeah. But one of the jokes was about like, an old Jewish lady goes to Tibet to see the Buddhist master. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is the joke he wants to hear when he's dying, but Lionel can't get it out. And then at the end of the joke, the punchline is she's like, you know, she goes, I want to see the, I want to see the high lamas. You can't see him, him until you've reached enlightenment. She's like, I'm going to see him now because I'm from New York. And then he goes back and forth, and eventually it's like, Harold, it's time to come home. You know, like, that's basically the joke. Which I don't really yeah. see how that was funny. It's, it's but, a long joke. It's like a you know overpowering Jewish mother. Yeah, but but a lot of the, a lot of the book, uh, but is, if it's, is, like it's the, about like them telling jokes to each other, and a lot of Zen Buddhism is jokes or riddles. Like what's the hound, sound of one hand fapping? Yeah, yeah one hand fapping, which is <laughs> everyone does. If but you have two you know, hands fapping, you are a lucky man. That or a punisher. <laughs> What's that even mean, a punisher? You, you fucking destroy it. Anyway, so Lionel drives to Maine oh, I get it. very fast. and Very uh, fast. <laughs> he, eats, he eats 11 sandwiches. 11 sandwiches. He eats a lot of sandwiches. He drives to Maine, and then he like... And on the way, he tries to call the, the girl. He and calls he, her he like has a, cell phone. a thousand times. It's like the early 90s, and he has like one of the... He a car phone. Oh, he, steal, he, steals a car, he steals a cell phone from all the monks that try to strong arm him, but yeah. they're not good at it, so they leave. And he like has... And he's like calling her, and he calls her like, you know, six times, and she is like... I don't want to do you this. You need to stop calling me. This is weird. But and his OCD won't let him stop calling. Yeah, because he has to keep keep calling her. And anyway, he gets yeah. to Maine, and he gets to he has to go to the fanciest Japanese restaurant. He in it's, Maine. he ends up at this, which is the he, only he, one actually. He ends up at this like you know, wharf. in the middle of nowhere in in Maine. It doesn't, but on the coast. And then there's almost nothing. There's like a lighthouse, and then a Japanese restaurant. And then, like an empty sort of like parking lot, because it's like December; it's the off season. Nobody, no, there are no tourists there. Or anything. Also, ass early. Also, ass early. I mean, it's like the middle of the day. Well, I guess he, he started driving at like butt fuck very early. early. Yeah, so it's just and anyway. Is butt fuck early there. earlier than ass early? Yes. Okay, just trying to confirm my timeline. Yeah, yeah. And he talks to the old like fisherman dude, and it's like, oh, oh, the Japanese they bought up all the sea urchins. Because sea urchin is like a delicacy. It's like their caviar. Their caviar. And then he goes to the the Japanese restaurant that's right there, which is also very strange for Maine, you know, in the, at that time. And who's wa- waiting 
tables at the at this Japanese restaurant is was it Jessica? Frank's wife. Frank's yeah, wife. Frank's what was her name? Oh, Mrs. Minna. Francine. Mrs. Minna. I don't know. Start with the J. I want Carlotta was the mom. I can't remember the last name. I don't remember her name. Anyway, and just like that is, it's like this. Well, she a, shaved her head. Yeah, very strange coincidence. Uh, and she's there, and he's like, he's you know, investigating oh. the Fujisaki like, Corporation. Like, I'm, I'm investigating this, and this this part of the plot became very complicated, and I'm. Well, like I you know what will probably it. help you is a beer. Yeah, oh, that true. would definitely help me remember I think this these. Will help, right? The, yeah. the fine details. details of I'm really Japanese. looking forward to your justification of this beer. I didn't put it on the list. I didn't put it on the list. God damn it! Who put it on the list? I didn't put anything on the list. So you guys right, have already done that. I'll make it up right now. All right, I'm gonna head it out. I have some bullshit. What's this beer, Michael? This is called Lead a Horse to Beer by McKellar NYC. It is a New England style double IPA at eight point six percent alcohol. And why do we pick it, Jimmy? Because you can lead a detective to Maine, but you can't make him think. That is some august uh, rationalization there. Yeah. Right, is that the capital? I think it is. Augusta. I yeah. imagine this will be pretty banging. This is good. This is very good. It's very lovely. Oh, that's nice. I like it a lot. So why do we really choose this? Honestly, I don't None know. None of us know. And we had accidentally ended up on the list. But we're going to justify it by saying... Well, they're tracking Mc- shit. You got to lead You got to lead. McKellar something to something. is NYC, and the book takes place at NYC, and sometimes mafia people use horse heads in uh, stuff like that, and blah, 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 and I don't have to justify myself to you. This is our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, that kind of the point of the podcast, but uh, <laughs> so I think we probably should try... Yeah. I well, mean, it, all the different clues are leading Lionel towards uh, the end. The point that we're getting to, at to, to the beer at the end. So, yeah, I think that's really what it is. But also, it's New York, and uh, and they and drink horses were the, also and, invented in New York <laughs> <laughs> by the Dutch. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone knows that there were no horses before Jan, that time. Jan van Eckstein. Berginstan invented horses in 1626 because goats were not able to plow his fields well enough. So he invented like bigger goats and they eventually became horses. Not just books here. You've heard it first. <laughs> that's science. I don't know if you know science yeah, or history. That's remarkable. So here's to you, Jan, you horsey fuck. <laughs> Stallion of a man. So they forever changed the horse the, the furry game. We have to hung call. hung like a hung like a like, uh, a, like a big goat. Yeah, <laughs> like a big goat does not flow <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> You're hung like a large goat, sir. It's weird. Several women sink ones of women have told me I am hung like a large ones goat. Ones of women? <laughs> I haven't gotten into the tens place yet. <laughs> So they're in. They got the whole plot really figured out, and so they find so out that did it. Yeah, so the they find out that Frank was really he was skimming off this you, Japanese corporation, Japanese corporation that actually owned the property, and they were using the Buddhist. They're using the Zendo as, uh, as like the actual labor to take to, care to be of like it. Doorman, tax free. But yet the real problem was that Frank had actually 
stolen from the mafia guys many years ago. And then he, in order to like not just have been killed by the mafia guys, by Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, whoever they were, whatever their <laughs> real names were, he had to basically work for them and do their bidding. And that's what all the, the, the Minutemen were doing, all the, all the, they orphans were like, that he they took were like in. stalking mob marks and like dealing shit with that. All the orphans that he had took in, that he took in, and that they were running this car service that was actually a detective agency. They were really basically working for these mob guys the whole time, and that some like Frank and his brother were both had both stolen from the mob guys like ten years before or something, like twenty years before or something like that, and had That's been why trying to, to trying to like. Um, like make up to these mob dudes, and Frank's brother had like gone to Japan to become a Zendo. But monk like or whatever. Frank fled upstate, and Gerard went to Japan. And they had met met the, the the girl who became Frank's wife, but she was really unhappy. And this whole scene where I mean, Frank's already been dead, and he like kind of finds out about all these things mostly from Frank's wife, and it kind of just this was a very long scene of explanation. Without yeah, any, it like, had that problem of where it's like, and here's the final chapter where we explain everything. We explain everything. Why? And it's not any action going on. It's just like, let me just explain it's what filling in really, all the blanks. All this, really, what was going on in the yeah, plot? A lot of and, it, blanks, and, and it goes on for really oh, a kind of there a very were long time. A, a kind of a lot of blanks, but most of them didn't fucking mean anything. And then the, don't detective stories have that? The red herrings, you know, the things that there are... There weren't really started. any red herrings. I mean, there weren't any, like, false leads. It was just, like, a bunch of stuff. And then we're like, I don't really get it. And the end's like, oh, and here's why. It's like, well, okay. I, I mean, know. just this is kind of a total side point. But if you go back to the first Sherlock Holmes story. Studying Scarlet? And then, which is actually kind of long. It's a, it's a novel. Yeah, it is, like, novel. it is a, like, short novel. It's not a novel novella. A it's a short novel. novel. There's a whole really long scene about Mormons it's going like four into four or five chapters. It's really long. Anyway, going yeah, into the desert Scarlet. in the middle of America. And this is a sh- the first Sherlock Holmes story. By that the way, he didn't so. understand the geography of the United it States. Goes into a, a really long. There's game. a desert by Colorado, and they all went there. It's kind of a desert. Not what. He described, though. Anyway, so there's, like, kind of a long explanation, and I can't remember all the details, but Frank's wife was, like, really not happy about it. Yeah. That's kind of the main thing. Yeah. And then... And that's basically it. And then at the end, it's sort of like, well, the tall we guy solved did the some, murder. The tall guy did some killing. He killed one of the other kids as an adult, and he he's the one that stabbed Frank. Yeah. And, but, but Lionel... Smashes car and called the cops and it's fine. And also, then someone killed Gerard as retaliation for stuff done twenty years ago. And and then the big and now they run Polish a car service into a car accident. But in the very end, uh, the Lionel and the other you know Lost Boys basically <laughs> they decide we're going to run a real car service that is also a real detective agency. So they Not eventually just for the mob. they eventually decide to actually make real what was fake about their lives this whole time. That's really kind of the moral of the story at the end. And that's why I didn't think this book was very good. Because of the whole like resolution of the plot at the end? I mean, the whole, we just discussed it, and we're just like, 
I, like, I, don't I don't really know remember. what happens and it's a bunch of bullshit. A bunch of Japanese dudes. The only interesting thing was that he had Tourette's not really and that was there. kind of a gimmick. And yeah. then there's a bunch of fucking bullshit and it's like, it was like a Japanese fucking tax scam. Okay, who cares? Do we think a beer could help? I don't think oh, it'll help, but I'll drink it. <laughs> this is our final beer today. This is called This Yellow Cab Smells Wonderful. <laughs> from Evil Twin as well. This is our second Evil Twin today. Oh, we had two McKellers and two Evil Twins. Shit, we should compare them. Spouse fight. Brother fight. This is a 10% double dry hopped triple IPA brewed with milk sugar. The hops are Brew 1, Idaho 7. That sounds like a fucking college football score. Galaxy <laughs> and Y-E-T. What do you think of the beer? It's good. Yeah. It oh, is, it, it's strong, but... That is lovely. Wasted it on you guys. This yellow cab does smell wonderful. So Evil Twins thing, Nate and I went to the brewery right after it opened. All of their beers have New York kind of... Their first bunch of beers they put out didn't have any kind of jokey names. They were just kind of... It was when it was like, oh, great. It's a good idea to take the subway to JFK or some shit like that. Yeah, now they're all New York jokes. Yeah. You know, that was like, that restaurant used to be a yoga studio or... This bodega will definitely have my gluten-free almond milk. Or you like this like how many, or uh, how many artisanal pickles can I fit what? inside me? <laughs> the one I had, which was the hardest part about parking my electric scooter, is raspberry, pineapple, banana, passion fruit, blah blah blah, and then just <laughs> random fruits after that. Yeah, they're, they're kind of bizarre. Did you have that banana bread stout? That was... No, they were sold out, but I had all the other Yeah, because we took it all Did home. you drink that growler? I drank it almost right away. Not the same day, but like oh, the I drank, day. I drank one that day. I had the Dream Sickle or whatever the fuck. Dream, uh, dream, dream I Danish. Have, dream Danish. Oh, the Danish cream cake? Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was pretty legit. I have a can of that for us when we find a use for it. Probably for the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have all the ones like our, our version of the trending Danish dream cake. I don't know what that means, but I bought that was I drank I drank three four packs of that. Jesus Christ! Not at once I would have died, <laughs> but in two weeks, I drank my banana bread one probably like the next day or maybe two days. Which crowlers worth? But no, it was a thirty-two it, ounce. It's a crowler. Crowler. It was a thirty. You basically they they like have a big gulp thirty-two ounce can that they fill for you right from the tap right there. Yeah. I was like, I this that was all I. That was like, this is it. This is what I'm having this afternoon or this evening. And, it, and I <laughs> this morning, I spaced it out. It was Jesus it was Christ. still very and it's strong. like it was a 14 percent alcohol stout. It was it was 32 ounces of a 14 percent. That might alcohol have killed stout. Nate. And he a, could have died. I am sitting here right now, proof that I are you. My uh, I went. We went with the with the compound. My father in law went. He bought two crowlers of it. He hasn't had his yet. He's going to die. No, I'm going to drink them. <laughs> One day I'm going to go over there like, oh, let me go. I'm going to play my cards right. Oh, I didn't bring any beer. Oh, let me go next door and get a beer. He's like, no, no, just take something. Take that Take that banana beer. I was like, oh, if you say so, then it's going to be a fucking day. <laughs> but they make, it's amazing. We've talked about this many different times, but like 10 years ago, if somebody made a beer that was 14% alcohol, that was like, Bananas. Asinine. Like, are you crazy? No, it was How? banana bread. But they're like Might as well banana be. bread stout. You're like, that sounds really good. And, like, and it's 14% alcohol. Like, that's ridiculous. 
That's like fucking bourbon, practically. It's like world record. It's and really then, close to bourbon. Yeah. And, but but then they also have like four other beers that are the same strength or stronger. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with the world? You Nothing. have the answers. Plenty of things, but beer ain't one of them. So Evil Twin place to go. If we were to compare the Evil Twins and the McKellers today, I have to say Evil Twin was hands down. I mean, of these two, but both of them have like four billion beers, so it's impossible to really say. Yeah, well. but we've done this game many times now, trying to pit them against each other for they're, our own amusement. They're, they're very good. They're very, very good. Almost every time Evil Twin wins. Hint, we want to record at your fucking brewery. They might. I, we have to email the guy. So, so yeah. Right. Jimmy, you Mother said... Motherless Brooklyn. What the fuck are we you doing? I'm sorry. Nate, Nate, you liked okay, the book. I liked Why it. did you like the book? Okay, I hear what you're saying about the, the Tourette's thing is kind of a gimmick. And, and I that's guess, not my main criticism at all. And, and, I, spe- yes. and I guess you, you have a point there. Like, yeah, I can see that. Except I would describe it not as a gimmick. I would describe it as an interesting take on yeah. a detective no, I, story. I, 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 it's not really a gimmick. I was, I was wrong unique, about that. But. I, no, well, here's the thing. Yes, it, it's sort of like 60-40. If you think it's it's like... 60% gimmick, 40%. That's a unique idea. I can, but it's, it's very close either way. If this it book is. had a narrator without Tourette's, would anyone give two fucks about it? No, you're right. It would not. The plot not. is not interesting. So, okay. Couldn't you say that about a lot of things? The ending ended up being you mean not the, that great. You mean the second half? No, I mean like the, the, the ending ending, the resolution of the Mo- whole thing. And it Pretty much everything after the flashback was mostly just like, like okay. Yeah, all right. It that, feels shoehorned. If, it was, like a a, if it was a story about a bunch of orphan kids that, you know, if they expanded that chapter, which is one long-ass chapter into a book, it'd be like, okay, sure. And one of them Tourette's, all right, sure. But that was like a flashback thing. And most of the detective stuff, it, it, was, it didn't fucking matter. So, okay, you're right about that. But I would say if you look past the problems with the plot at the end, it's the rest of it is actually of pretty book. good. No, you're <laughs> totally right. I agree with you. What I you're don't saying. think it was badly written. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was a bad book. I just thought it was okay at best. Whereas, like, that is true, but... If you look past the problems of the plot at the end, the rest of it is actually pretty original and pretty interesting. Now, it's... It, it, what I, about I it is original? The Tourette's. So, the, is the Tourette's part the fact that it is... Uh, the Tourette's, yes, detectives, the, the Tourette's, it's the orphans that they took in, and that the fact that the main character... The, not the main character, but really the most important character kind of dies in the first scene. So, the first half of the book. And then, well, okay, a little bit. So, the, but the first, but the kind of main character, the most important character, not the not the not the there first are, person there, perspective there are character. A thousand dies. stories where the someone the, dies the, right in the beginning. The, and the, the mentor dies, and the students must find the person who wronged him. Yeah, okay. So that's yeah, not. That's I mean, it's, it's it's not a bad plot line, but it's not original. Like the orphans right. thing and the Tourette's thing, yes. Boy, but plenty of books about fucking orphans, dudes. But are orphans as like mob detectives is original. I'll give him that, and it could be interesting. The newsies. But so, I thought like I thought it was. I thought there were some cool ideas, and then it became a a subpar detective story with a bunch of characters that didn't really Not matter. The best detective story. 
There was like the guy and the lady who wants to bang him for no reason. And like the assassin who's just tall. <laughs> and that's Polish. his thing is he's tall. <laughs> and okay. Yeah. But, and suddenly there's a Japanese corporation, which is seems tangentially didn't, involved. Didn't make that much sense. No. Like, I don't know. I could see it. I could see. I could see a better book being made of these plot points. It's fair. I still liked it and thought it was. I didn't. Fun and interesting. I didn't dislike it, but like as I was reading it, I was more. I was more concerned with finishing it rather than enjoying it. Just like, I just Ouch. want this to be done, because I wasn't. After a while, I'm not getting anything out of it. It's just like okay, he's just going through. He's driving for a while and he's eating some fucking White Castle and a bunch of sandwiches. That's cool. I like sandwiches. <laughs> but like, I didn't like White Castle. I like White Castle a lot. I love White Castle. But like, I w- the, the 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 mystery was not. It was a mystery, I guess. But it wasn't like okay, that's interesting. Ever, ever. That that was the problem I had with it. So a coworker of mine constantly has to one up me on places to eat or foods to have. And one day I was talking about how great White Castle is, kind of jokingly, and he's like, "Oh, you like White Castle." Have you ever been to White Mana? Now, it helps that this guy's Jewish. The fuck is but White Mana? Have you been to White Mana? And I'm like, dude, you're making that shit up. That's not real. And he's like, no, it's a real place. It's amazing. It's better. It's just like a White House of between two fucking matzo balls or something? I don't know. It's it's in Jersey. It's a, a parent, according to my friend. It's like, a, it's like an old-timey burger-flipping joint where there's like one guy who just flips burgers and slings them at you. And you go, you know, you're like, I'll take, a, we'll take two cheeseburgers. We'll take, and he's like, just tell me how many patties. And you know, I'll, we'll take 27 patties. And he just like flips them up for you. But that sounds fucking terrible. White mana. One of the things that was alluded to was that Minna knew who their parents were. And he said, oh, your mother was a, you're probably a fucking. Well, he said like, Esrog's a pretty com- uncommon name. And look at him in the fucking phone book. But nothing ever came of that, right? He calls no. them every 10 years saying nothing. Just Except the, either a silence and then... Or just some Silence and then... Dickweed. Dickweed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh that, that fucking that guy again. again. He's still alive. What the fuck? And that's it. But that's it. And the, okay, the, the fucking Guido kid, he says, oh, I don't know. If you're some kind of Guido, maybe you're like Greek or something. It's like, shut the fuck up. That was really funny. He said, yeah, you have, I don't think you're Italian. You look more Greek to me. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, in, in, the, in the movie, that guy is Bobby Cannavale, who's like the most Italian actor there is right now. Super, Gandolfini super died. I, I, I don't know if it was Bobby Cannavale, but on one of those celebrity roasts, it was, um, who's the fucking dead guy? That's not narrowing it down. Oh, uh, Greg Geraldo. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. He came out, I'm just going to assume it's Bobby Cannavale. And he said, Bobby Cannavale, people say he is just a big, dumb guinea. And then he just moved on to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually Bob Cannavale, but it was someone it might very as well, similar. Might as well be. <laughs> so um, I have to go reread the last few pages because I'm fucking confused with what happened in the book, frankly. Oh, I read it, and I'm not confused as much as I am just like, Okay. But isn't that what happens in most detective books? Don't most detective books I mean, end like that? No, I mean... They're like, ha-ha, you didn't see uh, any may, of it because it wasn't there. Maybe at the very end, but this is like the second half is just like there's a bunch of Zen Buddhist shit that 
in the end, doesn't matter. Isn't that like the whole point of Zen Buddhism? No. Totally. Like you are just waves crashing on a beach, dude. No, but yes. (laughs) That is the most Zen answer you can give. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yes. Uh, I liked it enough that I went and got some other books by this guy to read next. I liked his style. I thought it was well written. The I think, plot it, might be I think weird, it was. It wasn't. But I enjoyed it. It wasn't not. It was not, not well written. I I just thought that. The, it was. It High was, praise <laughs> from Jimmy. I mean, it was. It was well written. It just like after the interesting parts, which was you know the beginning. It just kind of just like eh, what? Okay, what the fuck is the point of this? Like it stopped being. I don't, I don't, not, not like connected. It just felt like a series of random shit that he threw together. Like there was no reason, there was no reason for the Buddhist shit. There was no reason for a Japanese corporation. It was the nineties. How many fucking Japanese corporations had fish restaurants in Maine they need to go to? <laughs> Too many. Maybe one, maybe two. But I don't know. It just, it's, it didn't, I, I I just didn't give a shit about the end of it. All right. Well, the I'll... movie was going to be very different because I, I saw the cast list and the characters don't even have the same names. Like, they're not the same people at all. Nothing to do with the Italian mob. I think the movie is just going to have really great... Per- will have very great performances, but... Yeah. I it'll don't be, know how it'll, good the story it'll, will be. It'll be a detective story with a guy with Tourette's and that's about it. Could well, be good. Who knows? Yeah, we'll be. We'll be. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on uh, Twitter at drunkguyseatmebc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this far, why don't you uh, leave us a review wherever you are and just round up to uh, five stars, please. <laughs> Thanks. Peas. Knees. Please. 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 Gotta go. And also check out the uh, Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Hopped Up Net Worth. <laughs>